Hello, fellow Rebel Capitalists. Hope you're well. I've been giving a lot of thought lately as to how we could reduce the size of government and the percentage of government spending in relationship to GDP. And I had a conversation with Mike Green, and I thought my ideas were good, but my arguments were pretty weak. I only had kind of a one-dimensional type of argument. And when he asked me, okay, George, well, how, give me some concrete examples as to how you would reduce the size of government. I was like, well, I, yeah, I didn't have some, I didn't have a very good answer, at least not one that I was happy with. So what I did is I pulled up some data on some of the government spending, some specific government spending, and I'll reveal that to you in just a moment. And what this data shows I mean, it's shocking, uh, at least for me, <laughs> you guys will be shocked as well, but it shows us that there are some sacred cows like social security or defense, something like that, where yes, it would be very difficult to just take that down to zero, but there are other areas of spending that would dramatically reduce bureaucracy, that would dramatically reduce red tape, would take the shackles of the government off of the free market and let it do what it does well, which is produce goods and services, create wealth, increase economic activity. But then there's also some very low-lying fruit, in my opinion, in the category of the, the war on whatever the government wants to have a war on to buy votes, as long as that war is impossible to win and the results of how well you're doing are completely unquantifiable. So once they start the war, they can just continue it indefinitely into the future and just use it to milk the taxpayer through the Cantillon effect. <laughs> I know that's a long way of describing this category of low-lying fruit, but let me get to this recent tweet and you'll see exactly what I am referring to. How can we reduce government spending? Let's start by eliminating the war on whatever boondoggles. So we go back to Nixon, and I didn't even know this was a thing. I would assume that most of you watching this video right now never even knew this was a thing. And it's shocking that we've been fighting this war that no one even knows about for the last 50 years. This was put in, into motion by Nixon. The war on cancer. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Well, the government has spent $90 billion on this, and it's not just the amount of money, but it's all the bureaucracy, it's the red tape, it's the administrations, it's the task forces, it's the hiring of the government employees, taking them out of the private sector. It's all of these things that you have to consider. In addition to the amount of taxpayer money, which, by the way, if they spent $90 billion, how much of that actually went into research? I mean, let's be honest. 10 <laughs> at the most? Maybe more. I, I don't know that. But it, it ain't $90 billion, I'll tell you that. So where does the rest of the money go? It goes to people like Klaus. Remember the story that we did about Canada? Or maybe it was one of the provinces specifically. But they hired the World Economic Forum as a consultant to determine what their, I believe it was their cerveza sickness medicine policy should be. What? So when we go through these war on XYZ, I mean, just ask yourself, what is the probability 
that the Davos types or the people who are closest to the government spending that money are the ones that are really benefiting from this war. And that's why they never go to war with anything that they can win or where the results are even quantifiable. It's so ambiguous that we just never, I don't know, we just got to spend another trillion on it. Well, I guess Klaus is going to get 500 billion of that, but who cares? We got to keep fighting. So this war on cancer, (laughs) which I don't even know about, started in 1971, like I said, been going on for 50 years. We've obviously spent billions and billions and billions of dollars on it. So we'd expect, well, my goodness, I mean, we've been at war with this thing for 50 years. So obviously we have made some progress. So if I just did a quick Google search for the leading causes of death in the United States, you would assume that cancer would be nowhere near the top 10. Why? Well, because the government has been at war with it for the last 50 years. Well, we go to the CDC's website, and in 2020, we see that cancer, number two on the list, number two on the list. So the question becomes, who won this war? Unfortunately, I think we lost. (laughs) At least the government lost. Obviously, we're making tremendous progress there, but I don't think that's a result on the government's war. The only people that are benefiting from the government's war on this are the people that are closest to that money being spent, like Hunter Biden, like Klaus, like any of the people that work at the UN or the IMF or you know just the Davos types. So now let's move on because that's not the only war, the only ambiguous war of boondoggle that we have participated in over the last few decades. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out of control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Now let's move on to everyone's favorite, the war on drugs. Because obviously, no one uses drugs anymore in the United States. I mean, this is something that we have completely eradicated. Especially if you want to consider pharmaceuticals as drugs. Then I think it's safe to say, especially when you throw in that medicine they conjured up in 2020, we are really losing the war (laughs) on drugs. But we have spent one trillion dollars for what? And again, who has received the trillion dollars? How has it misallocated resources? How has it created malinvestment? How has it created economic distortions that result in the, in the economy being far less efficient? Not just saying, oh, well, the taxpayers had to pony up the trillion. 
It's far, far more than that. And again, you have to ask yourself, who's winning these wars? Because it sure ain't the government. War on terror right here. 20 years we've been at war with terror. Talk about an ambiguous war. I mean, this is literally, I think the only one that would be better for the global elite and the central planners and the the people that benefit from the Cantillon effect would be like a war on climate or a war on climate change, because that's even more ambiguous, more general and less quantifiable than the war on terror, whatever that means. I mean, how do you even define that? So are we to assume that after 20 years, $8 trillion and 900,000 deaths, 900,000 deaths. I mean, I hate to laugh at that, but I'm laughing at the insanity. How many people have, have, I would say, how many people have or most likely would have died from terror, whatever that means, over the past 20 years? My guess is not 900,000. So the war on terror is killing way more people than terror itself. The first place my mind goes, 2020, where we've got the the policies for the Cervasa sickness are potentially killing more people than the Cervasa sickness itself. But the icing on the cake is we get to expand government and spend $8 worth of taxpayer money. Oh, but wait, there is more. Let's not forget about the war on poverty because we know that there's no one that is poor in the United States. Nobody. I mean, if you go down to the south side of Chicago, if you go to Baltimore, if you go to, well, any part of any city in the United States, there is no way you will see one bit of poverty. And obviously, there's way, 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 and even if there is some poverty, there's obviously way, way less poverty than in the late 1960s when we started this nonsense to begin with. Because, I mean, back then, you could easily pay the bills for an entire family or support an entire family on one income. Remember that? I'll bet very few of you actually do. But now, of course, you need two incomes. You need three incomes. And based on the jobs report today, maybe you need four or five incomes just to support a family. So I think this, out of all, and obviously I'm being sarcastic here, out of all of these wars, I think this is the one that we have not only lost, but it is clear as day. We have made even worse over the past 50 years. And what have we done to fight this war? How much have we spent? $25 trillion. And this number, by the way, adjusted for inflation. So my point is when the government sets up some sort of program and everyone gets around and says, yay, yay, the intentions of the program are X. Forget what the intentions are. What you need to read into their intentions or what you need to understand is what the actual results will be. And the results almost every single time is whatever we're at war with will get worse and you, the taxpayer, will have to flip the bill. So effectively, every single thing that they do here, which is basically the Cantillon effect on steroids, is set up to pull the wool over your eyes, make you feel good, make you vote for them, while at the same time, not to be graphic, but they're screwing you. That's what this is all about. 
So how can we reduce the size of government? We can start by eliminating these stupid, idiotic wars that screw over the poor and middle class, make things worse, and only benefit the central planners and the global elite. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. See you in the next video.